How are we doing today? Can you believe it? Four years in the making and a week from today will be the grand opening of Canal Winchester X Church brand new campus facility. And we can't wait to see you there. And hey, if you're tuning in online right now, come on, X family, can we help welcome all of our global family tuning in right now? Hey, if it's your first time with us, we're so glad that you're here. We say it all the time, but this is the kind of place where it doesn't matter where you come from, what you brought into this place, what you even believe, you believe and you belong right away. And this is home, and we're so glad that you're with us. And my name's Russ. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, I'm one of the pastors here. And we have been in a series called I Choose. Anybody else like me, this series has just been a game changer in your life. I'm going to tell you, on a personal level, uh, this series is on my Mount Rushmore. This is my, uh, in my top four favorite series that we've done as a church and as a campus and I don't know about you, but what a reminder in a year where I feel like there's so many things I wouldn't choose that I come to find out actually the most important things in life I can choose. Amen. That it doesn't matter what my circumstances are, I can still choose my spirit. It doesn't matter what I've been through in life, I can choose forgiveness. It doesn't matter how jacked up yesterday may be, I can choose to move forward. And today, this may sound really dramatic, but I believe today can change everything in your life and my life. Can I just tell you that right off the bat? I, I believe today can change everything. And the reason I believe that, the word, the burden I feel for today is freedom. And I, I don't know where you're tuning in from. Maybe you're watching online and, and uh, you've never been to church. You've never been a part of this kind of experience. Maybe you're in the room today and you don't have a church background or it's your first time in church for a while. And can I just tell you again, like this is a perfect place no matter where you are on your faith journey. And, and you may be thinking, what kind of freedom do I need? And I, I don't know what uh, battleground you feel like we're in right now as a society, but anybody like me, you just feel like we're in a battle. Anybody? Like we're in a battlefield. And I don't know what you think that battlefield is. I don't know if you think uh, maybe the political landscape right now is the battlefield. Anybody like me just ready for politics to be over? Anybody just ready to get past this? In fact, we're going to take a vote right now who, uh, um, who you're voting for. So I'm just kidding. Just relax. But anybody like me, you're just ready to get all this past you. I don't know what you think the battlefield is. If you were to ask my dad, he would tell you that today's the battlefield on the baseball diamond for our Atlanta Braves to see if they're going to win the National League championship. And the room is completely silent. Uh, I don't know what you think the battlefield is, but I, I want to... I want to ask you to do me a favor because I love crowd participation. So if you're used to kind of just kind of hanging back, if you're brand new, that's cool. But if you're a part of the X family, you know uh, this is a day where I'm going to push you. I'm going to push you. I, I, I think that when you engage with the word of God, it gets something out of you. So I want to encourage you to take notes. I want to encourage you to engage. And I, can I just ask you to do me a favor, just crowd participation? Can you put your hands right by your ears just for five seconds? If the person beside you is not doing it, just look at him. Say, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Right here. Leave it there for, for a few seconds. No, don't put him over your ears. You still got to hear me. But just by your ears. I want you, I'm doing this because I want to cement something that you will never forget. The greatest battlefield in the universe out of which every other battle comes is the space between your hands right now. Did you know that? 
And you can put your hands down. I'm not a, a, a sports person, but Pastor Steve will love this analogy. There's a guy named Bobby Jones. I don't know if you know who Bobby Jones is, but any golfer is here. Anybody love to watch golf on TV? That's, I, I didn't think there would be any hands. I don't know why anybody would do that to themselves to watch golf on TV. But there, there's an there's a influential attorney and golfer named Bobby Jones, and he says this. He, he, he founded the master's program, and I'll tell you more about that later, Pastor Steve. He founded the, uh, I think it's the Augusta Golf Tournament, and he said that all of competitive sports are played primarily on a five-and-a-half-inch court, the space between the ears. And today, what I want us to talk about for a few moments is the thought that every battle that we're either winning or losing in our mind is in this space. And some of you, even as I say that, you feel that, don't you? You feel like, man, I just feel trapped in anxiety, right? Like if I were to, I see some of you just immediately nodding your heads. Like you, just fear and anxiety and worry is a normal thing. And, and I think so many times we don't realize how connected that is to our minds. Anybody in here love the circus? <laughs> Either we just got people that hate golf, hate the circus, or are really sleepy. Hey, we need to get some coffee. Can we roll the carts in here? Any, anybody just need a, a, a pumpkin spice latte? Oh, you're out of luck. But, uh, so, so sorry. But, um, and I don't know if they still do this, but and maybe you've heard this story, but you know what they used to do with, with these huge, like, Several ton elephants, I don't even know if they're several tons, maybe they're not several tons, but I feel like they're several tons. Several ton elephants is the way they would train them is from the moment that an elephant was a baby, they would tie a rope around its back leg. And so if, if the baby elephant tried to get away, it would be trapped back by this rope. And as the baby elephant grew up, it grew up with this understanding that if it were to try to move forward, the rope would keep it back. But what's crazy is this created something in the mind of an elephant to where even when it grew to several hundred uh, pounds, several thousand pounds, it could have snapped that rope like a piece of floss. But in the elephant's mind, it was forever trapped. And can I just tell you, that's the power of the mind. That many times we think that our issues are life issues when really they're mindset issues. And the older I get, the more I'm learning that the level of my thinking will determine the level of my living. Can you just turn to the person beside you tell them, say, your thoughts matter. Your thoughts matter. I, um, I, I'll tell you, since they love um, self-deprecating stories about me around here, I'll, I'll tell you a small example of how this works. Anybody excited for Christmas? I just, I went to Walmart last night, and I just, I'm not ready for Christmas. I just, I saw the trees, and it just made me angry inside. I don't know why. It just made me angry inside. Um, but about eight years ago, I used to live in Lexington, Kentucky, and I, I remember I was in line in, at Walmart, and it was co it's cold in Lexington, too, and I saw this little, this little uh, you know how they put those things in displays, and they're brilliant, and, and marketers, and like half the time you'll see something that you're like, I just need that, and you'll buy it while you're in line. I saw a thing for hot apple cider. And I just thought, man, this would be a great night for hot apple. I'm not a big hot apple cider person, but I was like, this would be a great night for hot apple cider. So I got a hot apple cider, and while I was in line, I went home, I, you know, put the, um, the pot of water on hot, and I, I poured it into the, the bag of hot apple cider, and I tasted it, and it was the most disgusting thing you've ever tasted in your entire life. That's not the funny part yet. And I thought, what is, what, is, what, what demonic, like, a company of hot apple cider is this? This tastes like dirty, hot sewer water, and I so I, I did what any normal person would do. I poured several packets of Splenda in there to make it better. It actually got worse. 
And then I, I turned to my roommate, Corey, and I said, man, there is something wrong with this hot apple cider. You got to help me figure it out. And, uh, and, he, and he, picked up the, he picked up the box of instructions, and no joke, he sighed deeply, and uh, you better not laugh too hard at home when you're watching this. He said, um, straight up, bro, that, that's not hot apple cider. That, that's potpourri. <laughs> okay, Janice, I shouldn't be able to hear you laughing from all the way back there. Why do I, why do I tell you guys this stuff? I, and so, and I, I blame it on deceptive marketing. They had the little thing with the steam coming out, you know, like it looked just like hot apple cider, but <laughs> what is my point? I don't know. I've, I've lost it at this point. My, my point is uh, you thinking wrong may not get you to drink potpourri, <laughs> But it will affect the way that you live. Your thought, I thought it was hot apple cider, so I drank potpourri. I want you to turn to the person beside you and say, your thoughts matter. In fact, if you're taking notes, here's what I want you to write down. This is like the banner over today. The quality of my thought life will determine the quality of my actual life. I want to say it again. I would love for you to write down. The quality of my thought life will determine the quality of my actual life. It will determine the quality of my actual life. The way that I think will determine the way that I live. And um, I I just want to make a statement, and again, this may seem like exaggeration, but this concept today, if we apply it, has the potential to change everything about our future and everything about our relationship. And the reason I can make that claim is because I believe the word of God made that claim. There is a guy that scripture calls the wisest man that ever lived. His name was Solomon. And he made a statement that I think sometimes Facebook probably attributes to Oprah or Confucius or Buddha. But I want you to know today, it was the word of God. It was Solomon that said this. He said, Proverbs 23, 7, as someone thinks within himself, so he is. As someone thinks within himself, so he is. The way you think, I don't know if you ever thought about this, the way you think will determine how you live. Can I just go ahead and preach this for a second? Usually you're supposed to wait till the very end. But can I just tell you, if you think defeated, you'll live defeated. If you think fearful, you'll live fearful. If you think with a scarcity mindset, you'll hold back in life and you'll never take chances. If you think that I'm never going to make it past tomorrow, then you will live and step into that. The way you think will determine the way that you live. But here's the beautiful thing about, here's the whole like thing about this whole series is that we have the power to choose. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Maybe just, maybe just the title of this sermon alone will set someone free, that I can choose my thoughts, that I actually today don't have to be a victim of my own mind, but I can lead my own mind, that I don't have to be a passive observer of my thoughts, but I can be an active participant that says I'm going to choose my thoughts. And so four practical steps on how to choose our thoughts. We'll be wrapped up here in a couple hours. That was a joke. You know, Pastor Stephen Oldtimer once told me that every bad sermon needs a good prop. So I brought four. (laughs) Prop number one is soil. You can write this down. To choose my thoughts, I must choose my soil. In other words... If I'm going to take back control of my mind, if I don't personally 
presently love the crops that are coming out of my mind, then I should take inventory into what I keep pumping and dumping into the soil of my mind. I'm just gonna go ahead and say this. If you hang out with hot-tempered people, you'll eventually become a hot-tempered person. If you hang out with people that think that they should be disrespectful to their spouses and disrespectful to authority, that you'll eventually become what you put yourself around. If you hang around, and I'm not saying not to love everybody and hang around everybody, but the people that you do life with, the people that you do tacos with four times a week, the people that rub are close enough to rub off on you, they will get, this is why, this is why it says in the word of God to not be deceived because bad company corrupts good character. I want you to know, and I'm not being legalistic about music because I don't just love worship. I listen to all kind of music, but can, can I just tell us today what I think we already like inside know, which is the bulk of what we listen to in music, consume in media, watch on TV, read in news articles, spend time with. We need to just understand that that is all things that we are pumping into the soil of our minds. The, 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 the old original computers had a phrase, garbage in, garbage out. Input equals output. Solomon, since he was the wisest man that ever lives, he said, uh, I, I just want to hang with him for a while this morning. He said this, Proverbs 4, 23. Guard your heart. Ab Can we just say those, those three words, above all else? Can we just say that together? Above all else. <laughs> yeah. That was like a, a negative four on a scale of one to 10, Pastor Steve. Can we try that again? Above all else. So more important than how much money you make, more important than guarding whatever riches or guns or diamonds or safes you have, more important than that, Solomon says, guard your heart. In the original language, just so you know, there was not, a, in, in Hebrew, there was not a differentiation of the word mind and heart. They were the same word. And so the original Hebrews believed, and I think they were right, that the heart and the mind are linked. And so th this word in Hebrew actually meant the seat of our emotions and thoughts. And Solomon said, above all else, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. Um, Solomon was so wise, in fact, that uh, foreign dignitaries would, would court him. They, they would travel from all over the world, and, and they would come to see the splendor of of his temple and palace, and they would just check it out. Like it was just, it, it, it was such an incredible thing to behold. And so they would come, and one of the most famous visits, maybe if, if you've been around church for a while, you know this is the Queen of Sheba. She came from what was called the city of Sabos, the southern, uh, it was part of the southern kingdom of, of Israel. And, and she, it, it was located in what would be modern day Yemen, Ethiopia. She had to travel what would have been before planes and, and cars six months to come visit Solomon. And the Bible says she did this just so she could sit at his feet and take in the wisdom of this man. I was thinking about this this week, Pastor Stephen. For me, I, I, I don't know, it just clicked this week that I think this reflected just as much on the Queen of Sheba as it did King Solomon. Can I ask you a question today? Whose feet are you sitting at to learn how to think well? You ever thought about that? You ever thought about uh, this, is for, this is for the old school church people that, that maybe, maybe you have some of these verses memorized. They came up to Jesus one day and they said, teacher, sum up all the laws and regulations for us. And what did Jesus say? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Can I tell you, sometimes I've thought a lot about how to love the, God, the Lord my God with all my heart. But 
Let me just ask you a question. What does it look like to love God with your mind? You ever thought about that? What does it look like? And maybe you're like me. You're like, I feel really bad right now because I don't have a super high IQ. And so this is, this is, do not feel bad if you feel like, man, my, this is not an intelligence thing. This is, how do I intentionally leverage my mind to love God well? How do I choose my thoughts by choosing my soil? Number, number two is this, how do I choose my thoughts by choosing my settings? And for this, I just simply brought my iPhone. Anybody? Uh, still behind on your iOS update? Um, no, okay, only me. Tough crowd. Um, you guys got to listen up a little bit. <laughs> All you're just you're like I'm thinking about my thoughts right now. I just you know. Um, it says in Second Corinthians, this is Paul talking. We demolish arguments. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and, he, and here's the verse that, 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 uh, that helped me and haunted me as I was growing up in church some. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, you have the power to take captive thoughts. You have the power to say that thought that's entering my mind that does not line up with the word of God, does not line up with God's best for my life, that tempting thought, that fearful thought, that inadequate thought, that shameful thought, that does not line up with God's word, so I'm going to arrest that thought. But here's the problem. Anybody like me, sometimes you're like squirrel and you have 5,000 thoughts? Anybody like me sometimes have a hard time focusing? Y'all are so holy and so perfect. I wish I was all of you. Anybody like me, you have trouble sometimes with all the thoughts that assault your mind. See, experts say that uh, the average human being thinks between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. Isn't that crazy? That's close to 3,000 thoughts per hour. So what do you do? Like, I just, somebody drop in the chat. What do you do? How do you take captive Every single, doesn't that sound exhausting? And so I just want to put forth today that, that choosing your thoughts is more about choosing your settings and your focus than it is about trying to focus on every single little thought that comes in. Here's something that might help you to understand about the way your brain and my brain was, work, it was created. Our brains are incredible machines. Uh, so, there are scientists that have come to faith. Maybe you're in here and, 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 and you're used to, Faith environments that are anti-science. Can I just tell you, if you're in here and you're checking out this whole God thing, maybe you're an atheist, we are not an anti-science community. (laughs) We we actually believe the more you learn about God, the more you learn about science, the closer you get to the heartbeat of the creator. And God created our minds as these infinitely complex, incredible organs that, but did you know our brains are also inherently really, really lazy? Our brains work in ruts and in grooves. This is why addiction is such an issue with people because once you've created a pattern in your mind, especially once you've ingrained it chemically, it is really, really hard. And you don't have to raise your hand, but if anybody in the room has struggled with addiction, you know it is really hard to retrain a mind that has gone down a certain groove. This is why Romans 12, 2, Paul says this. He says, therefore, don't, be, don't copy the, the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new tr- person. How does he do this? By changing the way you think. Everybody say that. The way you think. I, I had an old mentor in my life. He told me, he said, Russ, uh, good leaders think about what they think. Some people just, have you ever 
I mean, maybe that's some of us in the room. We've never really given thought to what we think about. But he told me, he said, Russ, good leaders think about what they think. Great leaders think about how they think. And one of the things the word of God does in our lives is it changes the way that we think. Dr. Caroline Leaf, she is both a Christian and an incredible, she has her doctorate. She's a a psychologist, a, a clinical psychologist, brilliant. And she said this, as we think, we change the physical nature of our brain. As we consciously direct our thinking, we can wire out toxic patterns of thinking and replace them with healthy thoughts. Here's part of the thought, is that you can't help every thought that comes into your mind, but you can help where you take that thought. Any Office fans in the room? It's okay. You don't have to be ashamed. It, you know, we're, I know we're in church, but that, like, I don't watch a lot of TV, but office reruns every night and uh, a cup of tea. That's how I go to bed every night. I don't know about you, but that's me. Like, pray for me. I'm, I'm, that's how I go to sleep every night. And I love the part where Pam looks at Michael Scott and, or no, she's not looking at She's talking about him and says, you got to be really careful with Michael Scott before he gets on a train of thought that derails and burns down the whole town. You ever experienced that? Like a, a thought comes in your mind and before you know it, it snowballs and you go with it and it just ruins your whole day? None, y'all are so holy. I just, it's awesome. I, I was talking to somebody the other day and I, and I was close enough, to, so don't offend somebody and do this, but I was close enough. I watched it happen and I literally called him out. I said, you are on a Michael Scott train of thought that is about to derail and burn down the entire town. He, this person didn't laugh as hard as you're laughing, but, 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 I said, but it, it's about reprogramming. And what Dr. Caroline Lee says is we can replace those thoughts. If you've ever struggled with addiction, you know the way that you overcome a bad pattern is not by removing something, but by replacing something. And there is something that you have waited all week to hear about, and I'm going to tell you about real briefly because I just know you've waited all week to hear about this, and you are going to jump up on your feet, and you are going to probably run laps and yell and scream when I mention this concept. But biblical meditation. I know. <laughs> I know. Some of you are turning to your spouse right now. You're like, I have waited all week. I was really, really hoping that this week, whatever we talked about, we were going to talk about biblical meditation. But it is is the supernatural, mind-transformational process that God has given to followers of Jesus. And let me strip away some of the religiosity of how it sounds. Meditation is simple as this. All meditation means, mental meditation means, is to continually think about something and savor it in your mind during the day. And whether you realize this or not, you practice meditation. If you're a car guy and you get the new catalog in the mail or you see a picture, you, what do you do? You probably have that mind. You just, you stew on that car throughout the day, don't you? Any of you that are not married or maybe you're married or maybe you remember when you were first dating and remember the first time your crush gave you a compliment? Remember? And they said, you look cute today. And you wouldn't tell anybody, but you took that piece of chocolate and you say, yeah, you, you ever had it so bad for someone, you, you even put the, you tried it with the different, like, emphasis on the, the different words. You look cute today. Oh, me. You look cute today. Huh, okay, so I look, you look cute today. Okay, you look cute today. Wait, so I don't look cute every day? Like, wait, like you, you go through the whole process. That's all meditation is. And can I tell you, if you want to overcome 
the patterns in your mind and transform your entire life. I was reading a book this week by, by a guy that struggled with pornography his entire life. He prayed, he fasted, he went to counseling, but he said this concept of biblical meditation changed his marriage and his entire life. I experienced this three or four days ago. I, I, was, I was really, to be honest, I'm preparing this message and I'm like, I'm struggling in my mind. Like, I'm, I'm, can I just be transparent? Like there's weeks I've even had in 2020 where even if it doesn't make sense on paper, just emotionally I'll feel off. Anybody been there? Okay, I need some of what you got. Something since you guys have had a perfect year in the year of 2020. But I just, and I just told God, I need you to speak to me. And I, I opened, thank you, I'm with you. I, uh, I opened scripture, I was going through my year reading plan to Isaiah 12.2. And this sounds so simple, but Isaiah 12.2. It says, the Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. Why don't we try saying that together? The Lord, yes, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. One more time. The Lord, yes, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. I started walking around my apartment. I said, it's not even angels that are my strength and defense. It is God himself that is my inner strength, my portion, and my defense. And I just decided that's going to be my piece of chocolate for the next few days. That's, I'm going to still read through scripture, but that's going to be my piece of bread. That's going to be a piece of bacon that I'm going to chew on until the juices get inside over the next few days and can I tell you it changed something in me and here's what biblical meditation is it's going from the defensive to the offensive and it is planting an oak tree in the middle of my mind with the shadows that will shadow out all the negative and produce brand new fruit and brand new thoughts in my life there's a promise in Psalm 1 for those that do this yeah that's okay Psalm 1 makes a promise Any, anybody want to be blessed in all of your life it says, blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law or the word of the Lord and who hears it from a skinny jeans preacher once a week. Is that what it says? And then you'll be blessed. Blessed is the person that day and night say, my mind is not going to be a garbage dump of the enemy. But it is going to become a garden for the Holy Spirit and God to walk in and produce the fruit of peace and joy and strength. And, I, and just try it. Just take a two-week challenge. I'm not even going to get through my next two. I don't care. Just try it. Over the next two weeks, read the word of God each morning. Find a verse that sticks out, that rises to the top, and just chew on it throughout the day. Just chew on it. And when you feel weak, I did it this morning. I'm getting ready to come out here and preach. I've preached a million times, but I, I still, ever, I don't know that I'll ever not struggle with feelings of inadequacy. But back there, I just said, the Lord is my strength. He's my defense. And the juices of that eternal word of God got in my soul. And so I don't care if you don't laugh at my jokes because God's with me. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. If you're ever in doubt about what to think about, I'm going to give you Philippians 4, 6 through 8. Watch this. Don't worry about anything. Somebody needs to hear that today. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's done. 
And let's keep going. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds everything. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Memorize this verse. There, there was a book I read about eight years ago, ago called The Joy Principle. that said, if you want joy in your life, make this your habit. Fix your thoughts. What, what should you think about during the week? If you're not sure what to think about, here's what you think about. What is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Is this helping anybody? You can choose your thoughts. I'm going to keep going. Megaphone. If you can't tell as a preacher, I love alliteration. So you're going to choose your soil, you're going to choose your settings, and you're going to choose what you speak. I think the Hebrews were right that there really is a link between the heart and the mind. There really is a link between feelings and emotions and thoughts. I, I want to give you a little secret about the way our minds work. See, feelings follow thoughts. But here, here, here's a secret weapon for you this week. But thoughts follow words. This, this is why David, in the most dismal moment of his life, when they were at Ziklag and their wives had been taken away and the village had been burned down and all of his friends and soldiers are about to turn on him and stone him. In the middle of that, you even read in the Psalms where David will start pouring out his heart and being honest about what he's going through. But in the middle of that, it says this. It says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. If you read through Psalm 42, David is crying out, God, I feel lonely. God, I feel forsaken. But then he turns the script and he says, and he starts speaking to himself. And he says, but why are you downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God again. When Jesus was in the wilderness, I don't know if the enemy tempted him verbally or mentally through his thoughts, but I know this, every time he attacked Jesus, Jesus responded and spoke to it and said, it is written. One of my favorite old theologians said this. He says, I'm convinced that most of our suffering as followers of Jesus is the result of listening to ourselves instead of speaking to ourselves. What if you, as, as one old preacher said, started finishing the devil's sermons every time he came at you? You woke up in the, in the morning, there's that thought, you're not going to make it. You're not going to get through this. You know you're never going to be anybody. You know no one loves you. And you just listen to it. You get, maybe you gave it five seconds, but then you just reversed that whole thing. And you said, that may be what I feel, and that may be what thoughts are thinking, but actually I know that the Bible says I'll never be left or forsaken. I know that God's plans and promises for me are for good and for a future and for a hope and not to harm me. I may feel fear, but 2 Timothy 1.7 says I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you start speaking to yourself. Can, can, I, can I give you a secret weapon that helped me about four or five years ago? I'm going to give you a secret weapon. Do you, do you want it? Yes. Uh, I'm not convinced. Do you want it? Yes. During one of the most painful seasons of my life four or five years ago, my secret weapon was this simple phrase, and it's insultingly simple. Here, here was the phrase. Yeah, but that's not my focus. So, some of you, you're going to use that this week. So when you start getting trapped in your mind about what people think of you, you're going to remember that this weird skinny jeans yelling preacher, what he said, and you're going to stop in your tracks as you're walking to your car, and you're going to, yeah, but that's not my focus. My focus isn't what people think of me. My focus is what God thinks of me. When, 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 when something starts coming into your mind of what people may think, what people may say, what, what you may be going through, or, or this person saying this, or this person is doing this, or I don't know what the economy is going to be like. I don't know who's going to be president. Yeah, but that's not my focus. I'll pray about that, but God has given me my 
life to live, my thoughts to choose, my world to impact, and that's not my focus. You, you need a weapon. Speaking of weapons, I'm going to close quickly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You had no idea I was a samurai. Oh, don't be nervous. You know, you may not know this. In fact, I bet you don't know this. I just feel like pointing this. I'm not going to, but <laughs> it just kind of looks natural with me, doesn't it? It's just kind of like, it was, it, it's almost like he was made for this. I took Mars Hodge for 12 years. It's not a big deal. I won't talk about it right now. I'll tell you about it later. That's a true story, though, but it doesn't matter. But I was a third degree level in Taekwondo, and then I studied Jeet Kune Do with Bruce Lee, but it does not matter. If you're new to church, just so you know, <laughs> it's not, this is supposed to be a dramatic moment, okay? It's not a time for laughter. You hear that? I'm going to put this down. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Ephesians 6 says this. To put on the full armor of God. The helmet of salvation, the shoes of peace which are shed with the preparation of the gospel, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spear, which is the word of God. It says this, I believe we have a, a verse about, even more about the word of God in Romans. It says the word of God is sharper, or sorry, it's Hebrew, as I knew that, I was testing you. Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is alive and powerful, it is sharper than any sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And, and we got to close, but can I just say this? We can't win a battle with our swords and our sheaths. You and I are in a world bombarded by the lies of the enemy. And if you haven't noticed, just because you give your life to Jesus doesn't mean your mind's renewed every day. The Bible says that the word of God renews our mind on a daily basis. And for us to win the battle, we've got to have a sword ready daily. Can I just encourage you? David said, I've learned to not sin against you, God, because the word of God is hidden in my heart. And one of the most powerful things in life is to get in the word of God until the word of God gets in you and I, I just believe today is a freedom day. I just, I just believe today that somebody, that's, that's good. Can, can I just say this? I, I believe today somebody needs to declare boldly an eviction notice to the enemy that the enemy, you just need to say it. Today, maybe just get alone in your room and say, enemy, you, I am not giving you one more inch of mental real estate in my mind. But I'm serving you an eviction. Today is a cross and draw the line day that my mind will not be a garbage dump per, for perpetual frustration, anxiety, lustful imagination, sin, temptation, fear, anything else. But my mind will be a place of fertile soil for peace and joy and life-giving communion with God to flow out of. I just want to say this to you because maybe you're brand new to church, brand new to this whole faith thing. Can I just tell you, you were made by God and for God, 
body, heart, soul, and mind. And your mind was not meant to be a playground for the enemy, but a garden in which God can walk and talk. And I can just tell you, I've, I, I know what it's like to experience both. I've had, I've had seasons and days and moments where I'm just being real. I've yielded my mind to resentment. I've yielded my mind to lust. Just me? So, so some of us are thinking, yeah, I've never done that. Oh, but we fantasized about it this week, didn't we? And the Bible says that it's a thought that gives birth to will, that then gives birth to desire, that then gives birth to Everything starts with a thought. And I want you to know that Jesus paid the price for you to have freedom in your mind. A few years ago, I, my dad and I took a, a trip, I think it was early 2017, to Israel. And we went down this road called the Via Dolorosa. Sounds so cool to say. I mean, it's just whatever, I was on the Via Dolorosa. But the Via Dolorosa, there, there's these different areas uh, where they've marked what they know this is where, what happened. And there's areas that they're like, we think this is what happened. The Via Dolorosa is, is more from the Catholic persuasion than the persuasion. But it's different points where they believe Jesus was on the journey. That if you're brand new to faith and you don't even know what any of these verses are that I shared. And you don't even know what all this is about. You just need to know this. Jesus came from heaven to earth on a rescue mission for you and for me. And so there's, there's these different points on the road where he's walking, different points where they say he fell down and someone had to pick up his cross. And there's the place where he's flogged and beaten. And then finally he makes it up to this hill and he stretches his arms out and he gives his life for you and for me. And he sacrifices all. And here's what he said. I, I love this. Earlier in his life, he, he kind of interrupted church one day and came in and and he was such a revolutionary, he ticked off all the religious leaders, but he quoted a prophetic passage, and he said, this is about me. He says, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me. It's on me to proclaim freedom to the captives. And when Jesus died on that cross, he bought and purchased your freedom and my freedom. But, but here's what I find so beautiful. The hill where he was crucified was a place called Golgotha. And in case you never knew this, Golgotha literally means the place of the skull. If you look at it, you can Google image it later, not now, or the Lord will strike you with adult onset acne. I'm just kidding, but but it's really eerie looking. Like you you go up and and it's shaped like a skull. And you may think this is a stretch, but can I just tell you, as someone who God has, I've seen him do miracles. And I've seen him set people free and God is still renewing my mind. I'm still a work in progress. I don't know about you. There's days when I'm doing okay and there's days where even just this weekend, like I said, I'm like, God, I need you to renew my mind. But can I tell you that I don't find it coincidence. I believe it was divinely orchestrated that the hill that Jesus purchased our freedom on was in the name and the shape of a skull because the battlefield, the battleground for you and for me is our mind. And Jesus broke the back of bondage. There's people in this room. I was praying for you last night. You've, you've thought depression. And look, I know this is such a complex issue. And can I just say this? Sometimes it's a chemical thing. And if you need help and you need medicine for a while, don't be afraid to get help. 
If you're in this room today and you're struggling and the wounds are so deep, there is no shame in going to see a Christian counselor. I've done it twice. I'm thinking about doing it again soon. But Jesus purchased for you and for me on the shape of a skull and a mind the freedom that me and you would not be the elephant tied down by a small rope, but that we could break the rope in two and move forward into the God-destined dreams and purposes of our lives. And something beautiful happened. After he purchased our freedom, the veil was rent in two. And anybody from now on, maybe you're watching this, and the thing in your mind right now is just shame because you're like, I don't even know who God is or I used to be in church, I used to love God, but now I'm just so racked with the memories of what I've done. And I want you to know Jesus came just for you. And when the last breath was taken by Jesus, the veil that separated mankind and God was shredded so that anytime because of what Jesus did, we could come into the presence of God. And, and then he told his disciples, go and wait in the upper room and the Holy Spirit's gonna sweep through. And can I just encourage you, can I just ask you to stand to your feet as we close? And here's what I wanna tell you today is that your mind is the upper room of your life. And I've been praying all week that the Holy Spirit would sweep through our minds today. That after we've done all we can do to choose, God would do what only he can do. And the fifth thing, there's a fifth S, I don't have a prop for it, but it's simply this, yield to the Spirit. Yield to the Spirit. I, I love what it says in Romans 8, 6. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Anybody like me want life and peace? I want to tell you today, you can choose your thoughts. And your, your thoughts will shape your future. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I actually wanna pray specifically for anyone that feels tortured in your mind today that you need freedom in a really real way. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you lift your hands if today you would just say, I would love for you to pray with me that God would set me free from what I'm battling in my mind. Would you be so bold just to lift your hand and say, that's me. It could be depression. It could be anxiety. It could be, maybe it's even suicidal thoughts. Maybe it's memories of the past. But with your hands up, I'm gonna pray for you. And I would love to ask every Jesus follower to do me a favor and not listen to me pray, but to open your mouth and pray like that's your brother, your sister, your father, or your mother with their hands raised beside you. So God, I come against everything the enemy has done to try to rob from us, to try to keep our minds in bondage. The Spirit of God is here to set captives free. And so I come against, in Jesus' name, the spirit of suicide in this room. And if anyone in this room is battling, I just wanna ask you, do not leave this place without talking to a pastor and taking a step. But right now in the spirit, I just pray, God, that you would bring healing to every wounded and scarred mind. 
Every mind that feels like I am never going to stop replaying the shame of my past. I'm never going to get past the anxiety that cripples my thoughts. I kind of feel trapped in my mind like I'm never going to get out. But I thank you, Jesus, that what you did on Golgotha is bigger than anything in our minds. And I pray that the blood of Jesus that covered that hill will cover every mind in this room. And I pray set every mind free. Everybody that's watching whether it's on this date or two years from now, I'm believing the Holy Spirit is going right to where you are in your room to set you free. And so, Father, I thank you today that in the small and the big, you've given us the opportunity, the capacity to choose our thoughts and to choose freedom. In Jesus' name, and amen, and amen. And hey, we're... We're going to sing another song. And as we do, can I just encourage you, as we sing available, to say, God, I am making my mind and my thoughts available. I am yielding and choosing the Spirit of God to invade me from the inside out. Can we just lift our hands in the presence of God if you feel comfortable and say, God, I am surrendering all.